Hello and welcome to the F1 Feeder Series podcast, your guide to keeping up to date on everything in the junior single-seater world. I'm your host, Jim Kimberley, and this week we're in the middle of an F1 doubleheader finale sandwich. Try and say that quickly. Of course, we're the F1 Feeder Series podcast, but I have to say that the top tier is pretty well covered by the three people joining me this week. First up is a newcomer to the podcast, although we've spoken about him before. He's finished up a silverware-winning second season in Formula Regional Europe, but his 2022 just continues to get better. He was on the F1 grid for the Sao Paulo Grand Prix last weekend, and things have improved even more today as he joins the podcast. Welcome, Eduardo Dudu Barrichello. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you very much for the, for the chance to be here. I'm really happy. That's my first time here as well. And um, yeah, as you as you just said, I had a great weekend here, back home. Track is twenty minutes from my house, so it was just lovely. I was I was at the grid as you mentioned. Uh, I did a couple of stories on Instagram, just quite close to the drivers and everything. And it, as you said, it, it wasn't my first time, but it's always nice to to be there. Yeah, and also this year in 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 Freca was more or less a roller coaster, but I guess we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll probably dive into that, don't you worry. And next up is a racer who officially becomes our most frequent driver guest. And since his last visit, a little over a month ago, he's added a vice champion title to his growing list of accolades. And now this upcoming week, he's going to be driving on the F1 weekend in Abu Dhabi. Plus, he has some exciting news about his 2023 plans. More of that to come. Great to have you back, Alex Dunn. What a year. Yeah, thank you, thank you for thank you for having me again. Uh, it's been a it's been a pretty incredible year, you know. Being crowned as as British F four champion and and finishing second in Italian F four has been has been you know it's it's been incredible. I think, you know, definitely at the at the start of this year, if you told me those were the those were the results I was going to get, I would have told you you were crazy. So, <laughs> you know, I think yeah, it's been uh, it's it's been a really incredible year. And then also to to announce uh, my plans for next year, which is which is GB three, obviously is. Is a, is a nice step forward as well. It's huge. Um, I think you can probably call me crazy anyway, but it uh, doesn't really matter about what I predict. But congratulations on everything. We'll talk about all that as well. Finally, uh, a few months since we last had her on the podcast. And well, since she was on the podcast, her career path has taken her down a route to be interviewing some little known names like George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. You can probably put all of that down to your practice, speaking with Dino Boganovic and Joel Grand Falls back in August. F1 Feeder Series editor Maria Clara Castro, can you please confirm that we are the sole reason that you are now such an internet celebrity? <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's nice to be back. I love this intro. I read it in the script and I was like, yeah. we're fucking artists. Um, hello, everyone, again. And... It's really nice to have Alex and Dudu here. This is going to be a really great chat. It is. I can't wait to hear about your weekend as well. I mean, drivers are cool, but seeing all the stuff that you've done this weekend was, was amazing. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, we'll put a link in the, the podcast description show notes with where, where Maria was on the F1 official Twitter account video because of an interview question she asked to the newest F1 race winner, George Russell, Big time stuff now, Maria. I can't believe you've actually got time for us on the podcast. But 
Before we get started, if you enjoy, please like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, or leave a rating or review if you're listening to the audio-only version. You can leave a rating on Spotify, review us on Apple Podcasts. We just nudged up to a 4.8-star rating on Spotify too. Amazing to see everybody enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much. And also, if you're watching on YouTube and you're impressed by my fashion, you can look as good as I do with the official F1 Feeder Series merchandise. We have this hoodie and much more available to buy. Look for the link in the description below or the podcast show notes. Just a hint, if you want to get uh, an extra large, I'm six foot four and this is slightly too small. So go a size or two extra if you are going to get something. Also, if you haven't already, check our F2 2023 guide video on the YouTube channel. It's a new type of video we put out and we'd love to see what you think so we can create the best feeder series content for you. If you like it, leave her a comment and let us know. We genuinely appreciate every single one. Okay, a little unorthodox, uh, but it's all very relevant this week, especially with two people on the podcast. Let's start with Brazil slash Formula One, which isn't really our remit usually. Dudu, it's your first time on the podcast, as you confirmed, not your first time at Interlagos. How was your weekend, mate? It looked really, really good. Yeah, my weekend was was very nice, especially because I had my brother and my and my dad there with me. We were working at uh, Porto, and uh, we had a huge villa and everything. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. We took a lot of pictures. We talked to a couple of drivers as well. Uh, I had the pleasure to go into Ferrari again. Saw the car, saw the tires, everything. So it was it was just it was super nice. Took a lot lot of pictures and had a lot of fun. Saw some friends there as well uh, that were watching as well the the race. So it was it was just a nice weekend. Rewinding a little bit as well before the weekend, I saw that you and a certain Formula Two champion were at a go karting track. Was that on like Thursday, Friday, or something? What was that all about? Yeah, that was. I think that was Thursday, and uh, me and Felipe we were in Aldea da Serra, which is a pretty nice track here. We were go karting a little bit crashing to, into each other a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we had some fun. Not too much crashing. Imagine if you took the champion out before his finale this weekend at Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I saw as well just on your stories that obviously your father knows a lot of people, but it seems that that relationship extends to yourself. You looked very, very comfortable and friendly with Felipe Massa, for example, on the grid and talk about Felipe Drogovic. How tight-knit is the F1 or the motorsports community in Brazil? Because you all look like you're best of friends yeah we're we're all very close uh, especially my father knows a lot a lot of people in the paddock as well so it's just it's just good being around Brazilians we get along very well and, uh, yeah we just have fun I bet you do I can't imagine some of the stories you can't tell on the podcast uh, Maria you're obviously now internet famous for confirming that George and Lewis are well aware of that photograph on the screen now on YouTube if you're watching can you tell us about your weekend? One, how did you manage to be asking the new race winner and a seven-time world champion questions? And also, can you give us a little bit of news about Brazilian F4? Because that will be joining the F1 support bill next year. Yeah, I mean, firstly, about my weekend, I had the best weekend ever because I love working and I love motorsports, especially Formula One. So I had these two aspects of my life together and it was just surreal um and yeah I got to ask Lewis a question uh, on Thursday 
because I went to this like special press conference and everything. And I asked him how did uh, did he think that Formula One would keep his legacy once he was no longer part of the grid? And he was like a little, well, that's a great question. And then just started giving me this speech and I was like, Jesus, I'm talking to Lewis Hamilton. I mean, <laughs> it was the first time that I saw him. I was like, he's real. I mean, wow. It was just out of this world experience. And um, to you know, regarding George, um, well, you know, every race after the race, there's this press conference and I didn't go to any press conference before, like after the sprint on Saturday or after the qualifying. So I had to go on Sunday. So I got there and I saw George and I was like, I have to ask him that. And I had this thing in me in which I cannot ask a question that I don't know the answer. I don't know, just like a journalist thing I have inside me. And I did ask him and um, he was just so honest and vulnerable in some sort of way. I love, love, love his answer. And about Brazilian F4, yes, Brazilian F4 will be the F1 support bill next year. We, we received that with great enthusiasm. It means a lot to the category. Um, if we think, for instance, um, of Nakan F4, it had a big impact of being um, a supporting bill in Mexico Grand Prix. So um, the same thing, the same logic applies to Brazilian F4. And um, it means a lot because the grid will be probably be changing for next year. Some drivers are, will, go, will go to, um, I don't know, Europe or the States. Some are staying and there will be more um, competitiveness. So, and they need this, um, some sort of visibility. And they will get this um, next year. So well-deserved. Yeah, absolutely amazing news. It really, really is. It's so good to see Formula One supporting those categories below because it will have that additional benefit of in countries like Brazil, where Formula One visits once, there's not uh, all sorts of other stuff going on that you guys will have that massive spotlight shone on it, which is so exciting. I'm very, very thrilled to see how the support bill will be next year speaking of support bills see that segue alex i thought your racing was all but over when we spoke last time seems not you're going to be in the same track as maria's new best friends george and lewis although not at the same time can you tell us a little bit more about your plans for this upcoming weekend yeah, so so obviously I'm going to be going to be racing this weekend at Yas um, uh, in F4 with with Hitech as the as the support race for, for for F1, which is you know super cool. I've never been to a never been to a Grand Prix before. Mm. Um, I think obviously I've been to been to Yas before when I did UAE at the start of the year, so I'm looking forward to going back again. You know, I, I really enjoyed my my time out in the in the UAE in the Middle East, and 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 I really love the track as well. So so yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a really cool experience to be there with with all the all the Formula One drivers and, and seeing what it's like on an F1 weekend. Were you invited by High Tech, or was this something you said? Oh, this is something I'd want to do. How did this how did this whole thing start? 
Well, I think um, it kind of originally came out after after we did the UAE last year, and um, because there was a there was this exact race last year as well, um, and I, I think kind of halfway through the year when we were doing British F4, they asked me that if it if it for whatever reason came around again, would I like to do it? Um, and I said and I said yeah, because you know I think racing on a on an F1 weekend in F4 is not something you get to do every weekend, so it was a, it's a pretty cool opportunity. And and yeah, you know they they invited me and, and asked me if I'd like to do it with them. So so I said yeah, sure, I think it'd be a pretty cool race as my as my last race in F4. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I can't believe that you've never been to a Grand Prix weekend. It's uh, going to be magical for you. Dudu, you've obviously been to several. What's up with the Alex could expect? And do you have any top tips? <laughs> well, I've been uh, racing in, in F1 weekends. I think I did five times, if I'm not wrong. Wow. And um, it's super special. The track walk for me, it's always amazing because you go through the pit lane and you see all the cars and everything. Uh, it's it's really hard as well because of the track of evolution uh, because when they drive the track just changes so so much and you don't really know what to expect if the car is going to go to understeer or oversteer it just it usually goes faster I remember Imola if I'm not wrong from FP1 to FP2 we went two seconds quicker so yeah I think I think he's going to enjoy it was it Formula One of Monaco you did this year, didn't you? Freca was at Monaco as well, which was, well, that must have been amazing. Yeah, we did Monaco. And last year we did Barcelona, Monaco and Imola. So, yeah, four. And what I've heard from other people is that the track looks the best. This is the best you'll ever see that track because Formula One is there. Does that make any difference with like the rubber that the F1 guys are laying down for you? Is the grip different? It's... Really, like, from FP1 to quali, because we only have one practice, it changes a lot. And the grip is just it's just high. And, um, yeah, it just makes the car goes quicker. And that's what we like. So it's, it's quite fun. Alex, just a quick question from my side. This is a personal sort of question. What's the one thing, apart from the racing, that you're most excited for to go to your first Grand Prix? What is it that you really want to see or you're most thrilled to, to look forward to? Um, you know, I think to, to see what it's like to see a Formula One car go around the track, you know, I think you, when you're, when you're, when you're watching it on TV, you know, you can acknowledge how, how fast they are and, and how much downforce they have, but you know, I've never actually experienced or seen that in real life. You know, I think it's crazy to think that they can arrive to a corner a hundred kilometers quicker and carry 50 K more through the corner at the same time. So, you know, I think that'll be that'll be pretty pretty cool to see you know to see how how quick they actually are and, and how elite the, the the top level of motorsport is so i think you know to, to see to see really what the car is like will be pretty cool let's talk a little bit more about the feeder series stuff so we're talking gb3 freca the rest of the feeder series things from this year away from formula one do do you unfortunately have to suffer the same question i've asked every other driver in their now off season Frecker finished a few weeks ago, but how was the season from your perspective? So the season was a little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, we were really fast in preseason testing, and for some reason, we just we were really slow in the in the beginning of the of the year. And um, yeah, it was it was just really frustrating. And after the break, we really sat down and changed a lot of stuff inside of the team, uh, in the car, everything. And uh, we just came back and four rounds to go in, in Spa. We just suddenly got a podium. And in the previous race, I think I finished P28 or something like that. So, yeah, it was it was just fun. 
last races were were fun. I went from P29 on the championship to P11 suddenly. So yeah, it was it was fun. I got I think three top fives or something like that, a podium, a pole position. So at the end it was fun, but I reckon it was just too late. Were you the type of person to do something like, oh, if the championship started from Spa, then I would finish in such and such a position? Have you done that sort of maths? Because if I was a driver, I definitely would have. I have not. To be honest, it wouldn't. I mean, it, it would have changed a lot, but then it would just, it would just make me sad, I think. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was just too late and just have to deal with it. Well, there are a lot of questions regarding that turnaround, but from the audience, so I'll save them for a little bit later. Let's talk about your extra season. That's your extra little bits at the end since the last time we spoke to you, Alex. It's never ending your Formula 4 this year. You've grabbed more trophies in Mugello since we last spoke. You got, was it two P2 finishes in the end? And then now you're the vice champion and the champion of two F4 series. How was Italian F4 for you? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think Italian F4 was was quite tricky. You know, I think um, I think with with regards to to where we finished, I think at the start of the year it was kind of about playing catch up to to, to Kimi and to Prema. Um, I think you know, US. Although I did it with high tech, US didn't do the championship out in the UAE. So I think in terms of of setup and and car and stuff, they were a little bit behind at the start. And um, so you know, we had a little bit of catching up to do. Um, which I think you know after. After Imola, um, it, after Imola went really well. I think you know, I think there was kind of just more, I'd say, racecraft side of things because you know the conditions were so tricky. Um, you know, I think some races were half wet, some races were half wet, half dry. Um, you know, so things were always changing. So I think that weekend wasn't necessarily about speed. It was kind of just you know keeping your nose clean and, and not going off. So I think the championship started really well, and then I think as things kind of spaced out a little bit, we needed to try and catch up. Um, and then in the end, I think we we started to come back again, but then it was too late. So so yeah, you know, I think to to be the only driver to to split all the premiers and and come away with with vice champion, I was quite happy. I tell you something, mate. The I think the prima domination is one thing everybody is well aware of, but you put that next to Kimi Antonelli, who well, you know firsthand how how good that driver is. For you to come second in all that. Pretty damn good, mate. Pretty damn good. And let's talk about 2023 now. Big news this week, as you already explained in the intro, you're going from British F4 slash Italian F4 to GB3. Congratulations. How long have you known for and how excited are you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, you know, I think I've, I've known for a little while. Um, I've done, uh, I did a day testing at Snellerton. I did a, a two-day test at a Silverstone Grand Prix in the car, so... So, you know, I've, I've, I've known for a little while that, that that was the plan. We were just kind of waiting to announce it. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I've really, really, really enjoyed the car. Um, you know, it's, it's got so much downforce. Um, I think, you know, it's got so much more than, than what an F, F4 car is. You know, I remember the, the first time I jumped in, I was like, I was amazed with how quick you were, you were through the corners with a downforce. So, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think I, I've really enjoyed the car and, and I'm really enjoying working with high tech. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to building on that. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Some of the times it sets at Spa in GB3 and Freco are very comparable. So very exciting times. Um, mentioned Freco, which means I'm going to segue over to you now, Dudu. Quite quiet on the Barrichello front so far for 2023. What can you tell us, if anything? I know the Haas seat is still open, so probably that. Well, firstly, congrats to, to Alex. Uh, we all know how hard it is nowadays to 
sign a contract, especially this early. Alex did a great job. I was I was able to sign him to, to see him in, in Mugello. Hmm. And um yeah, I'm still I'm still struggling. I'll I'll keep fighting for for a seat. As you told me, it has is still open, so that might be it. But um yeah, I'm I'm still struggling a little bit with the with the financial part with it. But um yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm I'm trying some stuff in single seaters. I'm also trying some V8 stuff back here in 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 Brazil. And uh, all I want really is just to be racing next year. So, are you looking at anything, be it Europe, Americas, anywhere? Just as long as you're in a racing seat somewhere. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, we spoke to Gianluca Petikoff a few months ago, who is now doing stock car Brazil, as you will very well know, and Maria very happy about that. So. He just seemed the most happy person I could imagine because I thought he'd be disappointed after dropping out of his career. But he seems to be finding Stock Car Brazil some of the best racing possible. Is that something you might explore? Yeah, um, I actually raced one year before I raced in the car that he raced this year. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're very, very good friends. He's my dad's teammate. So um, it's actually his birthday today, so I have to give it to him. But, um, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're very good friends. He was really happy about soccer. He's a very good driver. And um, I hope that he can, he can go back to the single series because I, I really think he deserves it. I really think he needs to become a manager. The maturity of that guy is one of the nicest people I've spoken to on the podcast. No offense, Alex, yeah. you're, you're okay. But he was, just, <laughs> he was just such a nice guy when he was on. So yeah, he says his birthday today as well. <clears throat> yeah. Birthday two days ago, because when the podcast goes out. Happy right, birthday, right. Jan Luca. Happy birthday. That's a lovely little treat. Maria, you were nodding feverently there when I said about Mr. Petikoff, because Brazil's going through a bit of a change in terms of changing the guards, I guess, from the Barrichello, from Rubens, from Felipe Massa. It's gone a bit quiet. But now Drogovic, F2 champion, since the time, last time we spoke, Gabriel Bortoletto, the first confirmed F3 driver for 2023. Dudu grabs silverware in Freca. Brazil's just gifted us another classic race. Brazilian F4 is joining the F1 support bill. It's all looking, how you'd say, uh, moito bom right now for your country? <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to pronounce that. <laughs> really good. <laughs> but yeah, it was all right, actually. Uh, but yeah, it's all looking moito bom. Um, but if I'm being honest, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I'd say that they are getting what they deserve because if we look to these Brazilian drivers in the series, um, yeah, they're really great. But if you look even like to the past and their go-karting career, I didn't have the opportunity to see them race in go-karts because I'm their age. So I was probably doing something else. Uh, definitely not racing. Uh, but anyways, they really had the talent. It was always there. Uh, the struggle was money and the financial problems. So it's just so nice to see that everything is working out. And I think it has been, especially after um, 2020, let's say like a couple of years, back um, with Felipe starting his F2 career and Caio uh, winning. I mean, he didn't win because Vito Maxon did, but he was vice champion in Formula Renault and then Gianluca in 
I mean, it wasn't Sveka, it was former regional. Anyways, we had these, uh, all, like you said, all of these great talents. And I think it's finally going towards the right track and they're getting what they deserve. Yeah, so we've got Aston Martin now for Drogovic, who knows what could happen for it. Bortoleto looked so quick, as you'll know as well, uh, Dudu, and getting a Trident drive in F3, huge stuff. So, yeah, a bit of a boom time for the country. I really hope all the best for Brazil, because Brazil and Formula One just go hand in hand. That's enough questions from me because the F1 Feeder Series podcast is for you viewers and listeners. We're going to move on to the hashtag AskF1FS part of the podcast. If this is your first time watching or listening, you can get involved by using the hashtag AskF1FS on Twitter, joining our Discord and using the podcast questions channel, commenting on our YouTube videos or keeping an eye out on our Instagram posts and stories. As ever, loads and loads of questions, so apologies if we don't read yours out. I'm going to start with this question from Sam via Twitter, and it's to Alex. How was the FDA camp, and what did you learn from that experience? I think this is the one millionth question I've had in the experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I think my answer has been the same every time. You know, it was good. Um, no, don't change, think... change, whoa, 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 just change your answer up a little bit. Give, give us some more honesty. What, what haven't you told the world about it? <laughs> you know yeah it was it was a good experience um I think you know I I learned a lot um it was great to see that you know my talent and, and my abilities being recognized by a by a Formula One team like Ferrari you know to to get picked for their scouting camp is a is a pretty cool thing this is PR speak Alex tell us what I'm gonna press you on this <laughs> what happened here like what were you doing were you doing the trainings in terms of training in the car what were you doing in the gym who else was there what did you feel like your your ability was comparatively how do you feel it went compared to your potential yeah you know I think um you know it was basically a, a four-day program well actually five but I had to, to miss the the last day and um, which I did the following week and um, because of, of, of British F4 at Silverstone and um, but it, it was basically a camp that consisted of you know physical and mental training um, and then we also did driving on their on their test track Fiorano. Um, so the the driving was basically the same format as an Italian F4 weekend. So you had FP1, FP2, qualifying one, qualifying two, and then a full race sim. Um, and so we had we had all the drivers in the camp, um, and then we had Rafa Kamara there as well, who was a, who was a reference driver, which was I think really good for me to see. Um, you know, because I think it's safe to say that at the start of the year, Prema definitely had an upper hand on the on the on the rest of the teams um, in Italian F4. So it was really good to to compare to somebody who was in Prema, you know, to see if there's any driving style differences or or anything I could learn from to then go and take to to Italian F4 steel. to steal, yeah, steal <laughs> to, to make myself better as a driver. Um, which I think you know in the end, finishing vice champion, it worked. So I think um, yeah, you know, it it was a good experience. It was nice, you know, it was. I think being around the factory and, and, you know, seeing, seeing how, how they work there and, and being on the sim and, you know, working with everybody was, was pretty cool. Um, you know, in the end, I, I didn't get picked for, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I think it was a, it was a really cool experience and, and I enjoyed being there. Okay. I'll let you off now. I'll stop. I'll stop the press. Um, <laughs> Maria, do you want to take the next question? Yes. Well, question to Dudu from W Sarah Dream God Five via Instagram. Dudu, how are you managing racing in Europe and living in Brazil? So I actually lived in England this year. 
Uh, well, my condolences. <laughs> yeah. No, it was actually all right because in 2021, I lived in Italy. And 2022, I moved to England. So I don't know, I just felt better. I, I lived in Banbury, which was about five minutes from the team. And uh, I really got along really, really well with the, my mechanics, my, my teammates, my engineers and everything. So I would just go to the team every day and have lunch, uh, have fun, really. So it was, it was actually all right. Were you coming back to Brazil every off season then? Like to, was it like six months here, six months back? Yeah, yeah, basically that. Sometimes I would, I would come back because I had some sponsor stuff to, to do back here in Brazil also when it was uh, my brother's birthday or my mom and my dad and, and, and so on. And uh, yeah, it was, it was all right. And if I may ask about Ruben, so when he came over, obviously very happy to see you, especially with some of your uh, better results and stuff. Was he staying at you, staying with you in Banbury or was he getting his own luxury Hilton hotel? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, he would only go to the race weekend and then he would come back here to Brazil. He has to... He has to work on, on his own stuff and uh, yeah, work like that. Okay, so you didn't have to clean up too much when you're staying in Banbury. I understand I what's going on. <laughs> I understand what's going on now. Um, another question, actually referring to your father. I think this is actually the only one you'll probably be happy to know to do. This is from CM Parface 16, a regular question asker. Hi, Dudu. Out of all the F1 cars, your dad, and he says in brackets, one of my favourite drivers, by the way, has ever drove. Which one would you want to drive the most? That's a great question. And I would answer Brown GP uh, 2009. That would be my answer as well. That car looks badass. Is that the best livery you've ever seen in your life? Yes, for sure. 100%. Yeah. What I find interesting, though, is you didn't go to any of the early Ferraris from the early 2000s or anything. Would that be any of those run a close second? Was it 2002 one that was just all dominant? Yeah. Yeah. He, He said that. 2002 and 2009 were two of the better cars he, he drove in his career, but I just prefer the, the delivery 2009, so I'll yeah, have to I, that. How old were you in 2002? One? Two? Uh, one? one. Yeah. Yeah, one. I, I, I feel I'm trying to understand now why you might remember <laughs> that one and, and have it enjoyed a little bit more. No, great answer. And uh, Maria, would you be able to grab this next one as well? Yes, of course. Um, question from Perplex via Discord to Alex. What are your goals for your DB3 campaign? Um, you know, I think no to, PR to be... bullshit here, Alex. Some proper <laughs> answers. I think you know to to be blunt about it. I think the goal is to win. You know, I think after after coming in with with high tech into the into the year of British F4 and the year we had, you know, pretty much completely dominating the whole season. Um, you know, I think the goal is to is to do the same again. You know, I think. We saw we saw last year that that Hitech won the the team's championship and won the championship with Luke Browning as well. So it's quite clear that the that the car is there to do so. Um, you know, and I think in the in the test days that I have done so far, like I said, in, in Stetterton and Silverstone, the pace has been good. Um, in comparison to the to the frequent drivers in the championship. So so yeah, you know, I think the the goal is definitely to to, to win. Has there only been sorry? Has it ever? Let me try that again. I'm getting my words out. Has there already been any other drivers announced for GB3 next year? Anybody that you've raced against this year? I know, is it Louis Sharp's racing in your F4 UAE thing this, this weekend? Is he stepping up? Do you know Do anybody else that you've raced against who will be racing in GB3? 
Um, to be honest, at the moment, I'm not sure. You know, I think any of the drivers that have been in for GB3, I haven't raced in the past. Um, I think a lot of them are, are going to be second year drivers of the championship. Um, I know when I tested, Louis Sharp was there in GB3 as well with Carlin. Um, so, so maybe that could be possible for him. Um, but, but to be honest, I don't know. I think I don't, I haven't seen any drivers that I've raced against previously in answer the championship yet. Um, but, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. More victims for the done train. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> These are two questions, one from Fossey King via Discord and one from AS19 Alex, uh, IF1 feeder series editor. Both of you, Dudu, and both related. So I'm just asking at the same time. First up from Fossey King, question for Dudu. Why do you think yourself and Arden had a large increase in, competitive, in competitiveness, easy for me to say, midway through the Frecker season? And also from Alex, Dudu, what had to change from you going from midfield also ran to a regular point scorer and podium finisher this year? Yeah, so as I said before, we changed a lot of stuff uh, inside the team, um, mechanics, way of thinking, really, way of driving. And uh, we just really improved as a, as a team. And it was really nice to, to see the results coming together on, on track because we really, really worked hard. And uh, as you guys know, Freca is, is quite a big championship. So it's, it's hard to be, to be on top. And uh, when we saw ourselves battling for podiums and top tens, right, for, for points and everything, it was, just, it was just very nice. But what was you say things changed like mentality and everything? What what sort of things were you talking about within the team? Uh, I'm going to push you like I pushed Alex. It's only fair. Like I'm going to press on this. What was it that you were changing? Was it I don't know stealing stuff from Prima? What what, what was going on? Yeah, hundred percent stealing stuff from Prima. <laughs> Confirm, we've got a scoop. <laughs> no, so yeah, we we changed a lot of of stuff in the car, uh, setup wise and really just driving wise. We and also, it was our first year working together, all the three drivers. So really just chemistry building up and everything just getting better, really. So do you think that was partly you and the drivers speaking to each other more, communicating more? Was that part of it? How was it before the, the summer break? Yeah, yeah. We were actually very good friends and um, we all spoke Spanish, which is good to not speak the same language as your team because sometimes you can just... Uh, I don't know, speak some different stuff. And um, yeah, it was, it was good. But as I said, we, we also changed the, the setup. We just built basically a, a new car and it was, it was, it was very different in the, in the beginning. Uh, it, was, it was very different to, to drive, but uh, it worked out. You think having just two rookie teammates as well was something that made more pressure on you to be the guiding figure? Do you think potentially if you had two second year drivers like yourself, it would have been different? I don't think it changes a lot. Really, you just have to to sit on the car and do and do your best. I don't, I don't think that changes a lot. Um, question to Alex from ACC R sixteen under strike. Um, Alex, when did you when in the season did you realize you could fight for the championship? Um, is that in Italian or British F four? I presume it's going to be British F four because talking about the yeah. championship which you won, but it doesn't specify. Why why didn't you decide? Um. I think after the first race is kind of when I had a good idea. You know, I think uh, I won the first race by five and a half seconds, I believe. And I had the fastest lap by quite a bit as well. So I think, you know, after the, after the, the first weekend, um, when, it, when it went so well, you know, two wins and, and then he had three podiums as well, second in the reverse grid. I think I had a, a pretty good idea of, 
of how I, I would have liked it to play out or how I think it could have played out. You know, I think the, the team and I really had a had a good setup and a good car together and, and we were working really well together and, and I felt really comfortable with the with the situation I was in and with the car that I was in. And you know, I think when you're when you're comfortable with with the situation you're in, it's much easier for, to to perform. So so yeah, you know, I knew that after the after the first race what we uh, what we had the potential to do. So really it's just win the first race, win the championship. Simple plan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe this answers the next question, which is to both of you. I'm going to ask you first, Dudu, from Callan Edwards via Discord. To both of you, what was your favourite moment of the season? Is that a really obvious question to ask you, Dudu? Yeah, it has to, because I just came from finishing P28 uh, to finish on the podium. So I, I, have to, I have to give it to Spa. If I take Spa away, just to make this a little bit more difficult for you, what then would be the top moment of the year? It would have to be the next race, which is Red Bull Ring, <laughs> when I scored the pole position. So, so that, yeah, quite all, easy as well. <laughs> all about results, you guys, aren't you? It's all business. Yeah, Alex, yeah. top top moment of the year for you? Um, I'm going to say Snedderton race three uh, in British F4. I think I won the race by 10 seconds and had the fastest lap by like eight tenths or something crazy. So, so yeah, that, that one was, was pretty That's cool. That's all <laughs> pretty good pretty good all about the domination yeah. you guys all about the winning um, fair enough i understand it maria please take us away with the next one yeah um this is a question for you both um we're going to start with to do so um question from mongoose via discord if not formula one what would it be what would it be your preferred racing series to make a career in good question mongoose um, that, that's a good question, and I'm a really big fan of DTM, hmm. and uh, especially now that we have a Brazilian there, Felipe Fraga, which I'm very good friends and a big fan as well, and yeah, that would be that would be a good one. Is there anything you've done in terms of speaking for that, or is that something you're looking at as a fallback plan? Like you mentioned already that struggling for no, to know what you're going to do next year, especially on the single-seater route. Is it something you'd explore for next year if you could? Yeah, 100%, yeah. I would, I would 100% go into that. And uh, we've been talking. I tested uh, Ferrari GT3 once already in Vallelunga. That went well. I had fun as well. So, yeah, hopefully one day. Yeah, some lovely cars in that. Alex, if not F1, what would it be? Um, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I think, you know, I'm fairly fairly streamlined on the on the idea of, of making it to Formula 1. You know, I think if there was... Um, anywhere else to go I'd think about it when the time comes uh, I think from but from I think from from what I've seen of, of drivers who unfortunately haven't made it to Formula One and have gone elsewhere you know I think IndyCar is a good option and um, I think that's probably the closest thing you, you can get to Formula One if you don't make it to Formula One um, and then also something like uh, you know WEC or, or European Le Mans series uh, I think you know the, the LMP1 car and, and, and the new hypercar and, and LMP2 and stuff is pretty cool uh, so so I think that um, th- that would be good as well. But I'm, I'd like to say I'm pretty streamlined on the on the aim for Formula One. I was going to shout at you for being too uh, press friendly again there with your PR answers. But yeah, I understand what you're saying because there are some great series in motorsport right now. I think DTM, IndyCar, WEC, some great answers out there. So fully understood. This question comes from Will Barrett, one, two, three. And <coughs> the question to both of you, 
what is your relationship like with your mechanic? Uh, Alex, do you want to take this one first? Um, my relationships with my mechanics have been really, really good. Uh, you know, I, I spent I spent a lot of time with with both of them. Um, you know, I think my relationship with my my mechanic in high tech. Uh, you know, he's pretty much. I think he's only three or four years older than me. Oh, really? Uh, which, which is good. So you know, it's quite it's 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 nice to to have somebody in in your age range. You know, you can kind of relate to them a little bit more. Um, you know, I've, I've spent quite a lot of time with him, and and when I'm over in the UK, you know, I, I stay with him sometimes as well. So you know, it's uh, I, I have a really good relationship with my mechanic in high tech, and then in US, I had a really good relationship with my mechanic as well. You know, I think we had a a, a good friendly attitude and always messing with each other before the grid and, and making sure. So, so yeah, you know, I think both, both mechanics in both series, I've had really good relationships with, and, and I've really enjoyed working with both of them. I just went to check quickly your age as well. Happy birthday! It was that a couple of Thank days you. ago as well? So seventeen now, getting oh so old, around half my <laughs> age. So can't relate too much, but yeah, happy birthday, mate! Um, do you do relationship with your mechanic? So actually, that question was from my mechanic, uh -huh. and uh, yeah, we we had a really really good relationship. Uh, as Alex said, my mechanic is two or three years only older than me as well. So we had a lot of fun uh, just singing on the radio and <laughs> don't ask me why, but barking to other teams. Never saw that before in my life. But yeah. Barking oh, like that. a dog. Yeah, like a dog. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was just it was just fun. It was great. Since the first time I tested with him, I knew I wanted uh, to be working with him. Uh, I know we had a lot of fun, but he was also very, very professional and did what had to be done the the, the whole year. And uh, yeah, I just I just couldn't have a better mechanic than him. Well, Will, um, I don't know if you were after some sort of glowing review, but sounds like you got one as well. Um, but yeah, I have to bark at you next time I see you. So <laughs> thank you for the question. Um, Marie, you got this next one as well, please. Yeah, of course. Um, question from Lewis on the strike. Sydney 19 via Instagram to do, do what is wheel to wheel action really like what are the emotions within the helmet well that's a good question uh, they're really nice for me it's the best part of, of racing really um, you can even touch it it's, it's, it's alright sometimes and uh, not an old rouge though that's not nice <laughs> and um, yeah but battling is always fun when the guy is clean, well, hard but clean, it's, it's always nice. Uh, it's not nice to get pushed off or anything like that. But overtakes, defending, everything like that is, is my favorite. So that's that's why I love motorsport so much. Can I ask you, dude, when I play Formula One games or simulate in iRacing or, you know, be very bad, the fun part for me is the racing elements. But when I speak to drivers and the wheel-to-wheel parts of the racing the you know going side by side not necessarily wheel bashing but getting very close to to the drivers like lewis is suggesting but when i speak to some drivers it sounds like qualifying is actually the best part of the weekend for them having light fuel load the car in its best state track kind of by yourself and just going really fast do you find that's the same as these other drivers i've spoken to that that is the best bit of being a racing driver is doing your own thing yeah, 100% because quality is basically the only time where it's 100% full push um, because on, on the race we have to take care of our, our tyres and it's super hard, especially in, in Freca. 
to to overtake because of the error wash. So yeah, quality is nice, especially on the tracks where you only have one or two push laps. That's when it's really nice as well. Monaco quality is very nice because you have to be super, super close to the walls. And um, yeah, as you said, it's just like eye racing, really. Uh, you, you you just push a lot on quality. The the battling and, and everything like that on, on the race is nice, but you don't get a lot of that in single series. I mean, you, you do, but not a lot. Quali is for sure the, the best moment of the weekend. Fascinating, Jim. Yeah, um, just like I racing, you just press the escape key and then all of a sudden you're back yeah, in the pit lane. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, this is a question from Tom Evans, and it was a DM direct to me. So you're welcome, Tom, sneaking this one in. This one goes to Alex, and he says, you've told me that you have very much been enjoying watching people try and figure out where you're going next year, but what was the most amusing prediction that you had seen? P.S. He wants to boast that he got it right. Um, you know, I think I think I got a, a lot of predictions. Uh, you know, some people thought I was doing a third year in F4. Um, some people thought I was doing Freca, Euro Formula, um, GB3. I think one of them was also said that I was doing uh, FIA F3 with Prema, which was an interesting one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, there, there was a lot of, um, a lot of pretty cool, uh, pretty cool insights from, from different people. I have no idea where they get their information from because it was all wrong. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it was pretty funny to see. You use the word insight very, uh, incorrectly there. I'd say it's not like anybody had any insight at all. And there's this question here from, well, I'd say friend of the show, although never been on it, but from EF Waldron via... <laughs> Um, Instagram. Alex, have you got a new toothbrush yet? And what are some things you do before a race that's superstitious to you? Most important question though, the toothbrush. That's a pretty weird one. Um, yes, I have got a new toothbrush recently. Uh, you know, always make sure to, to, to update my toothbrush that it's that it's nice and clean, of course. Um, and then some stuff before I do the race. Um, you know, I think I'm quite a quite a superstitious person. You know, I think if I ever do Let's say I do something on a, on a race weekend and that weekend goes really well, then I'll try and do the same thing for every weekend after that, you know, because I think to myself, oh, this thing worked, let's keep on doing it. So, you know, I think from from when I wake up to, you know, to the, to the sequence of, of how I have a shower to, to when I get dressed to when I get to the track and, and, you know, how I clean my helmet and, you know, er everything I do is always kind of kind of in a routine and in the same order. Um, and also in the sense of, you know, when I'm getting dressed, when I put my suit on, when I put my helmet on, from which side I get in the car, you know, everything is is always the same. Um, you know, I think I'm quite superstitious. So, you know, if, if anything's out of line, you know, I, I get a little bit annoyed and, and frustrated. So I like to keep everything, you know, you know, clean and, and in the same routine. So I know so, I know it sounds weird, but I, I do I do the same. The all same. of the same. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So just a question. I've got another follow-up after this, but just a question then on which side of the car do you both of you get in? I get in from the right side. I get in from the left. Oh really? <laughs> See, what I've heard before is it's sort of karting and everyone wants to avoid the engine and everyone does to the same side, which I think everyone gets in from the right, I think, to avoid the engine. Actually, no. I get, I get, in, from the, I get in from the left side, but from the side I get in, I think it's from the right, but it's like I actually get in from the left side as well. Alex, how can you be a British F4 champion and not know <laughs> left from right? How is that even possible? <laughs> Good job. <Sorry. laughs> um... Alex, do you have any message for this special user, EF Waldron? No. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> Do you like to explain why I would ask that question? Uh, because it's my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping your dental care correct. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for that question. Um, that is all the time we have for this week. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. If you'd like to have your question asked in a future episode, use the hashtag AskF1FS on Twitter. Drop any questions below if you're watching on YouTube. Respond to our Instagram stories or posts. Or let us know what questions you have on your mind on our Discord. Look for the podcast questions channel. If you are watching on YouTube, dropping a like on the video, leaving a comment and subscribing to the channel all really helps us out. And if you're listening, leaving a review on the podcast platform you're listening on is greatly appreciated. As I mentioned as well on YouTube, we do have the F2 2023 video that you can check out. We'd love to hear your feedback on that so we can potentially do some more in the off season. Finally, check out F1FeederSeries.com for more Feeder Series insight and follow F1 Feeder Series 1, F1 FS Americas and F1 FS Live on Twitter. You can find the links to all of those plus the Twitter accounts for myself and everyone else on the podcast in the YouTube description or the podcast show notes. If you want to hear from Maria, just go on the official F1 Twitter account and hear her voice there. Until next time, we have been the F1 Feeder Series podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>